Hey Trish. Hey. Hey. So, we're coming hopefully towards the end of this period of time, this lovely pandemic plague, however you want to call it. If you worked in an office, so put yourself back however long ago it was, would you actually want to go back to doing uh, your five days a week or even part-time in the office now? Hmm. Good question, Charlene. Um, I think like a lot of things like this, it depends. Uh, there are some days where I feel that the four walls of my fairly nice little office at home are closing in on me. And you know, it's like, got to get out of here. Uh, but I still have a lot of work to do. So the option to just clear off and go for a walk is not there. Mm. There are other times when I'm looking out of the window, particularly if the weather's grim, uh, then I'm thinking the last thing I'd ever want to do is go back to a flogging commute, uh, <sighs> especially as the evenings are starting to get darker. What about you? Oh, I've gone back and forth on this so many times. Um, before everything happened, I started only commuting just after the rush hour anyway, because I, just, I, I was in a position where I didn't have to be in. I didn't have really set hours. They were in the contract, but I had a really good boss um, it, that was UK based. So he didn't need me to come in at nine on the dot or really people's it's actually 8.30. So I could get in for 9.30 and I just missed that horrible part. So I already started doing that beforehand anyway, but I, I tell you something, I, I do miss the coffee breaks. Um, I don't even drink coffee, I drink tea. <laughs> but I do miss just chatting to people in the kitchen or going for a walk, but then, and I'd be really interested to see what you think about this. I was having a discussion with my friend yesterday about how many hours you actually have of working time where you can actually focus. And part, we're thinking part of the reason why we wanted to go on so many walks because we were able to was because we couldn't concentrate after a certain period of time. So you're there for nine hours, but how much work do you, act, how much actual work do you get done because actually it's really quite tiring to be just in one place for eight, nine hours of the day. And maybe we needed those walks and we needed those tea breaks in order to be there for that period of time. Because in terms of actual sit down at the desk work, it probably only works out to be five or six hours. Yeah, I see. I've definitely redefined uh, probably over the last couple of years, not just because of the pandemic, but, you know, uh, redefined what 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 I mean by when I'm working yeah. and uh, and for me it's not it doesn't have to be doing something you know like answering emails uh, or or writing a report on something like that is a lot of my job actually involves um, thinking about things and solving problems and connecting things in my brain yeah. um, and I've realized that I do that best in green space I'm lucky I've got a garden. I'm also lucky that there are nice walks nearby where I live. Uh, so when I need that sort of brain break uh, to, uh, you know, allow myself to process stuff, make connections, 
I'm better off out in green space. So if I've got something uh, that I'm really kind of um, not struggling with, but, but, you know, like it's not quite coming together, I will take myself out uh, into a green space. Mm. But also I get huge amounts of inspiration from chatting to people. And I think that's when I miss the coffee and the water cooler and the going for lunch with people is that kind of sparking off ideas. The chance interactions between different departments of, oh, did you know we were doing this? What? No, I didn't know. Completely missed that memo. Um, I do miss that. But I'm sure there, there's a way, as with everything, we're, we're creating this technology as humans. So I'm sure there is a way that we can do this better without uh, giving people Zoom fatigue. But I still don't understand. It, it feels like as if there's a big push by some companies, some managers, to actually make sure everybody gets back to work. And I don't actually understand where that's coming from because you'll see there's surveys after surveys after surveys that actually say we've been more productive, however we want to define what productive means in that um, context, over this period of time because we've been at home, because we've had, well, we've had distractions of several other things, but we've had different distractions. Um, so I don't actually understand where the push is coming from to see everybody in the office. Is that because, is it a paradigm shift thing? So that's how things were. So let's just get back to normal. And if, if so, how is that balancing out with, if that's just your paradigm of this is what normal is, but you know everybody's been more productive in the meantime, are, are some managers effectively saying we don't actually need a productivity, we just want to see you because that's what makes us feel comfortable? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's a really good point, actually. I think a lot of it comes down to personal choice. Because um, I've heard a lot of people say, for example, about training, mm. I can't wait to get back to classroom training. And I don't feel like that because no. I feel very comfortable delivering training in the uh, virtual space, mm. maybe because I've been doing it for over five years. Uh, but also I've met uh, a more diverse, different thinking group of people than ever I could have you know, met in person because you've got so much flexibility about that you know like where in the world people can can join you from and their perspectives on things but I think some people uh maybe because they uh like I say it could be how they feel comfortable what they think is normal mm. or where they are most productive because they might be the kind of person who gets very easily distracted working at home you know, I, I, I've heard people say, oh, do you not find that you're watching daytime TV? I'm like, no, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it, it just could be preference and, 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 and it could be just, the, you know, like imposing that on other people, maybe. I don't know. Quite possibly. I, th I think you've just, uh, well, you've definitely struck over me there anyway, because as of all things, when you're, you're managing change, it's it's you do have to look outside of yourself and ask what the people want because those are the people that are doing the job. Um, but I think obviously because everybody's gone through this experience to different levels, um, as we all know, but I, I almost wonder if it's harder for people to come out of their own, um, sorry, the sun's just got very bright. <laughs> I almost wonder if it's, it's, it's harder for people to come out of their own, box to see how other people might see things because 
no one's had any control over this situation because we, we know that's the, one of the biggest barriers to actually managing change effectively is fighting for control. And it's like, actually, you can have more control of the situation to get to the outcome that you want to get to if you actually know what the correct outcome is by asking people what is the outcome that will actually deal with the situation rather than just what you feel like as if you can touch and feel around you. But I feel like because everybody hasn't had because people have lost control, I, I do wonder if that will affect people's ability to look outside of themselves and manage the change in a more holistic way because they just want to just say, just do this, please. Just do this one thing. I want to be able to just say, just do this one thing. And then we'll think about how to make the world a better place. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I, that's interesting what you're saying. You say um, uh, that resonated me, with me when you were talking about um, uh, the the loss of control mm. um, and the uh, current climate does not lend itself in any way, shape, or form to control and command. Uh, I think that's why in in change environments, uh, this is kind of. Uh, accelerated the rise of of uh, approaches like agile mm. because you're going kind to of like you're having to figure you know it's like go figure we'll work it out as we go along but we still have to have some kind of uh interim goal interim objective we might shape and change that as we go forward but we we're kind of uh we're, we're moving always towards a moving goal and some people get energized and excited by that because they feel like they can they can change things they can they can unleash power and other people that just fills them with dread it feels like a a um you know a series of changes that you have no idea where you're going to land so that's some people's idea of horror change and other people's idea of wow change and again it's perspective attitude <laughs> I think that's it I think that's where it's coming from because I, I do wonder if it's going to set things back though so the companies that are pretty much strongly encouraging let's say people to to go back in will they then look at flexibility differently in terms of working patterns and 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 things like that because well we're all back here and that's what actually what we all need so let's just get back to normal first and then we'll think about all those things and you know then never comes later never comes because we've always got this new target to deal with we've always got you know the, the whoever the company's masters are if it's a part of a parent company we need to get to this extra goal because this other thing's happened or yeah, whatever but I do wonder if it's going to set a couple of things back because people are feeling the need to to grasp that much control and if you do feel like as if you're losing control how do you deal with that you want to see people you don't even know that you want to see people because you want to feel like you're in control but you want to you're still of the mind to be inclusive and treat people as people but how do you even tell the difference you, you hit the nail on the head with the, the kind of normal and getting back to normal. Yeah. I think one thing that uh, uh, being a parent taught me, I've got um, two 
grown-up sons now uh but if you talk to other parents you you know there's no such thing as a normal kid (laughs) Uh, (laughs) the government will have you believe social services will have you believe you know the medical profession will have you believe that there's some sort of normal and really there isn't there's a you know there's a spectrum there's a bell curve of of everything and if you try and judge your kid or whatever on trying to make them hit this sort of midpoint on everything you just drive yourself crazy with it and I think if you've if you've spent most of your career in an operational role you've been used to a a rhythm of normal uh the the, the days uh the weeks the periods like you know like we, we might have a monthly cycle we might have a quarterly cycle an annual cycle and things and you're reporting certain deadlines in the operational environment where there is this kind of like normal routine. Mm-hmm. And if you've grown up like, like people like me, predominantly in projects and change, you know that there isn't a rhythm that you have to create that, um, you have to create that normal-ish sort of pattern yourself. You have to build the structure. And this is why things like, you know, like methodologies, methodologies and roadmaps and, and frameworks and all of that sort of thing can help you impose some sort of um cage around what would otherwise be like overwhelming so i've, I've heard it, it talked about as a, a raft of stability of you know you're like bobbing around on an ocean of change you need to create this sort of raft of stability for to get something done knowing that it's not ever going to be fixed routine normal whereas if you're you know from that operational environment um perhaps you've you've always known some sort of normal and you crave that yeah oh that's serious yeah so effectively what we're trying to say is if you are somebody who's in a position to make change happen in one way shape or form in some kind of managerial role a you have to understand why your position is the way it is because you may want to stay at home but you staying at home may work for you, but it may not work for other people because they need to separate themselves from their family life. And it's about, even though you want control, you still need to find the time to listen to people. It doesn't matter that what you want specifically in this, it, you still need to find the time to listen and find a way to be flexible because to be perfectly honest, my opinion is we can't go back. There is we no... never go back. We never go back in anything. Mm. It's only a new version. As you've just said, everything always changes and everything adapts. So you have to build something that can survive that wave. And, you know, you're going to go in a slightly different direction, but it's just, it changes. And maybe this is the best opportunity we've had in a very, very long time to shake things up. So rather than retreating because it feels safer to what you used to know used what we used to know did not work for everyone and what we're going to create may not work for everyone but I imagine it'll be much better (laughs) I'd be amazed uh because it'd be the first time ever that one one size fits all or one solution suits everybody um I I think there is a uh there needs to be some flexibility in um, some understanding of how easy it is to work from home or how much better it is to be in the office 
for certain people because uh, for some people they 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 don't have a, a you know defined working space so the office is a sanctuary for them um maybe they've got terrible internet <laughs> You know, I hope that's going to get better for all of us going forward. But, you know, all of those sorts of things. Uh, maybe there are just too many distractions around you at home because of where you live. You know, like uh, it can be things like noise, people interrupting, all of these sorts of things um, uh, it, it, that, that make it impossible for you. But there might be other people who this uh, working from home has given them back four hours of their day to do something really, really positive might be towards their health, towards their, you know, well-being. It could be towards their family life. It could be also towards them improving their skill set by doing other things. They've done something really positive with that extra four hours they couldn't do if it was their commute. So I think if you understand where people are coming from, that makes it easier. And 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 to rather than have a blanket, we want everybody in the office every day or we want everybody in the office three days a week I think it would, it would be great to just kind of look at something and say how can this team function with everybody getting something of what they want or need yeah yeah it's about the actual outcome not the the old clothes we used to wear it's about you know you, know, you need to be able to get what you're getting and if we can all manage to get this thing at the end of the day, without messing people up to a real degree, then what's the problem? Because I think we, I think it's about trust as well. I think you need to be able to trust people to know what works for them. And if they don't necessarily know, give them an opportunity to figure it out. I knew, um, I, I moved house, as you know, and in my last place, I had a large living room. So I had a corner of the living room that I could dedicate to be my office space. And I used to throw a blanket over the top of my monitors and my laptop on the weekend when I wasn't using it so that I just couldn't see it at all. And that worked for a long time. And then it just didn't work one day at all. And so I had to move to get this, you know, tiny little room, which works perfectly for me. And I can't tell you the, the difference it's made to how I see work versus the rest of my life. It, it has its space. And the rest of my apartment is for the rest of my life. And I needed that. Mm. But you know what? There's a lot of people that work at their kitchen table and they find it very, very easy. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. It, it depends what you do and how you do it. Um, if you could see uh, my office, which looks probably quite reasonably tidy behind me, if you look at the the floor and the desk, there's files spread out. There's, you know, sort of groups of things, objects together which are parts of different projects. And uh, although I tidy that up at some point, I can, I've got the, you know, the luxury of just closing the door and walking away from it. Whereas on my kitchen table, I couldn't do that. Yeah. But I've got a colleague who has a, one, a, a, a write on iPad and everything, everything is on his iPad. And he never even uses paper or other things or other tools he never uses big screens so everything is this ipad so it doesn't matter where he is in the world or whether it's a kitchen table or somebody else or a coffee shop down the road everything is in that place and yeah. that at the moment would not work for me no. uh, I, I i have to have different ways of work like the whiteboard behind me and you know piles of stuff i you know i've still got books 
even though <laughs> kind of like listen to a lot of stuff but it's kind of having that for me that like you say the, the division of the working space mm-hmm. um but also uh going back to what you said about trust there is a there's a part of some managers i think that don't consider certain things work so if you're actually lying on your bed uh joining in on a meeting on zoom with your you know like headphones in but your camera not on mm. for them that would never constitute work and if that person is still contributing and still giving their expertise and is still getting all their parts of the project done it 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 doesn't matter to me if they find it easiest to work lying down and I think that might have to be our next conversation because I have so much to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. Because <laughs> it, it can be very, very tiring to have your camera on. And I'm not quite sure why it's more tiring to have your camera on versus not having it on. Whereas if you were in the office, everyone could see you all the time. Unless you're in a bathroom. That's it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't get it. So that <laughs> will be an, another episode coming up. So thank you guys for listening or watching wherever you are. I think ultimately we're, we're, we're trying to say as a leader, you know, still take the time to listen because this is still really, really important. And as an individual contributor, do sit down and have a look at what actually works for you. And ideally try to not feel pressured to go back in if you really don't want to or need to or, you know, try to have that conversation with your manager to see, you know, you know, ask what is it that you specifically need me to be in the office to do? Because the olden days are gone and we've realised that we can do a lot of work, not every single job and every single profession, clearly, but we can do a lot of work without being in the office. So in your one-to-ones, having that straight conversation of, um specifically what is it that you want to happen is it for team building like will we be doing exercises when we're there will we be doing lunches and things like that because then at least you can you can figure out where they're coming from and then try to find something that's in that's in between because there could be stuff as we said that you might want as well cool yeah definitely so thank you guys we will be talking about zoom fatigue at some point and i <laughs> tune into our next show thank you <laughs> Take care. If you want to get a hold of Trish, Trish, what's the best email to get you on? So I'm on Trish T at simsfortraining.com and uh, also my website, www.simsfortraining.com. And that's for the number four. Yes, it is. Yeah. Thanks for reminding me of that. No problem. And you can get a hold of me, Charlene Thompson, at team at elementalprojects.co.uk and you can obviously also go to elementalprojects.co.uk and we will be speaking to you again soon thank you thanks Bye.